0: Blog Talks Radio Blog Talk Radio
1: Blog Talks radio. Talk, radio
0: Hello?
2: Good morning, Frank. You're coming on the air in about 5.37. Hold on. Hello? You yeah, I'm here. I right,
3: got some yeah. music coming through. Just read oh, your yes. <laughs> It'll tell you what to do. Yeah, I can
1: Morning, you're on the net. Sorry about the interruption. There, we was queued up in the wrong box. So you're on, you're listening to free on the inside. We have our guests on the line this morning, and uh, as always, we are welcome you to this program. You can reach us, uh, our guests, and myself by the calling number at numbers three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Went for a great time this morning here. Uh, I like to just say hello to the sponsor of this program, Beverly Beasley over at Granny's Place. Granny's Place is a non-profit. Ministry reaching the hearts and the minds of our of our young people. Uh, Granny Place Ministry uh, is uh, located in the du- in the Duckville area. This morning we will be over at Clearview Apartment Center, starting up our mentoring. Uh, program over there so we'll be teaching some computer classes some literacy classes job placement classes and a host of other things so please go to our website look and see what granny place is doing in the community i'm your host minister Joel lewis and we uh, have uh, brother ricky daniels on the line and also our guest is on the line this morning again that calling number is 310-982-4126 and at this time, I'd like to, to introduce to you our guest this morning. Our guest is an author. He has a great book that he's going to share with us this morning. His name is Brother uh, Prater. And he's going to come on and he's going to share with us what does the Lord say in his life. There, And I was speaking to him offline, and I was very encouraged about what he was sharing with me or how uh, God is uh, still our Heavenly Father here. Without any further delay, I would like to shoot at him and let him tell you about our book. Good morning, now, Brother Prater. Good morning. You're on the net. Brother Prater, you're on the net. Let's see Can we get Brother Daniel in here then this morning. Good morning, Brother Daniel. you on the Good net.
3: Good morning. Good morning, Reverend Lewis. How are you doing
1: this morning? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We have our guest on the line this morning. Let's see if we bring him back in here. Okay. Good morning, Brother Prater. Amen. Maybe we lost him here. I'm going to have to call him up here and just to see what's going on. Amen. So, Brother Daniel, welcome once again to our internet program.
3: Uh, good morning. It's a pleasure to be
1: here this morning. You know, uh, we were looking forward to being on the show last week, but because we were unable to, so we did an archive show. Did you enjoy last week's show?
3: Yeah, deeply. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. I learned a lot a lot of little facts and a lot of you know, stuff that he was talking about.
1: And, you know, you put some posting on our Facebook page regarding some of the things that we shared that was shared last week in our program. So why don't you go ahead and share some of the things that you put on the, on the Facebook posting, and I'm going to try to get in touch with our guest this morning.
3: Uh, I've been researching a little bit, and I've been finding out a lot of statistics about the uh, facts of, that uh, – Most uh, people that go to jail, the average age uh, is between 31 and 36 percent, and that's 18 percent for 31, ages of 31. And from the ages of 36, it's uh, 18.3 percent, and that's real high. And I think, uh, I think, I guess it's a uh, subject about fatherhood, you know, and mostly the pit of being a father, most of that age right there, is between 25 and to 30 to 36. That's the prime age of being a father and, and getting inside your child's life. And statistically, that fact proves that most uh, father, the male's absence from their child's life during that age period.
1: Hey, so man, that sounds good. Basically,
3: brother. you can hey. see what's going on
1: that
3: uh, out a shortage of men.
1: Yes. Hey, we have our guest on the line right now, so we're going to bring him in and then he'll uh, tell us about his book, and then we'll bring you back. Good morning, uh, Brother Prater. you on the line. Good morning. How y'all doing today? I'm doing great. Sorry well, about right. that up once again, but we got you now. So please introduce yourself and tell us about what God is doing uh, with you and through you. Well, my name is Brother Prater, and
4: I'm, uh, I've been in law enforcement for 22 years, and I'm a minister, and uh, God has touched my heart to really just write a book pertaining to the men, but more importantly, the fathers. And... um and look like the way things going. If we can just reach our fathers, our men, to be able to help them to understand that God can heal, God can uh, deliver. That can really help our homes, our
1: nation, and our communities. Amen. You know, I was looking at the cover of your book. Tell us the name of the book and how did you come about uh, the cover and writing this book. Yeah, uh, the name of the book is called "A Few Good Men: A Path to
4: Godly Fatherhood," and one of the main things was uh, with the cover. It's a silhouette. You you can't really tell the race or age or whatever of um, of the man and father that's on the cover. And I wanted to make sure to let that let that uh, be an example that it reaches to all men, and the fathers. You know, I didn't want it to be exclusively for one race What whatever. No, it's for everyone, for every race. And, um, like I said, the Lord had laid upon my heart, uh, I wrote the sermon on Father's Day back in 2011. And whenever I would encounter a young man um, that may be going through something, I would let him read it, and he said it was really, they, they would always say that it was really encouraging. So the Lord had laid upon my heart to not just make it for uh, exclusively for a group of people, but make it a book to be accessible to everyone, and and not and not just for men, but also even for the ladies, because a lot of times there's a lot of uh, healing that need to take place with a woman based upon some hurt from a father, a lack a lack of
1: having a father in her life, or or whatever. Amen. Now, let's talk about some of the chapters in the book, because I was blown away by one of the chapters, and I spoke to a group of young men, because I do jail ministry and prison ministry, and I spoke on yeah. these things, and then you had it on print, and I said, wow, that's confirmation. Now, we was talking yeah. about a stepfather, but you you said you call it something else. Let's, talk, let's start off right there. What chapter of the book is that, and, and give us some insight on, on your version of a stepfather, where God had put it on your heart. Yes, actually,
4: it's chapter,
3: let's see,
4: it's chapter 13. Chapter 13,
3: I entitle it uh,
4: For the Stepfather. Um, also, what I do, especially to stepfathers, which a lot of stepfathers don't get the recognition that they deserve, and a lot Amen. of them feel the void. They feel the void of a biological father, and I like to entitle those group of men Step up fathers. Those are step up fathers. They are still in a role that really is on a lot of time unappreciated. A lot of time is it get bad ridicule and and everything. But yet and still, they take the
1: challenge. They take the challenge, but sometimes little to no reward. Amen. And, you know, uh, as I was sharing with our young men in jail, a lot of times people are angry and they mad and they frustrated because their dad wasn't there, their biological dad wasn't there. But you you shed some light on that, about how those dads yeah. are stepping up, you know, and it's good yeah. to hear those things there. And now after I, I read your book and I shared with some of them, I'm not mad at my stepdad anymore. That frustration mm. is gone because it yeah. allowed me to see clearly now. hmm
4: Yes, and, and you know, it's a lot of time when we, when we look at it, when we look at the bigger picture, like I said, they've taken a role that a lot of time a lot of people abandon. And for somebody to do it, and like I said, there's no manual that comes with being a stepfather or a step up father. And especially a lot of times, you don't know if this person going to receive you or not. But regardless of you being accepted or not, you take the charge anyway. And a lot of times, all they want is to make sure that they grow up, that child grow up to be productive, and a lot of times just be
1: respectful towards their own mother. You you know, uh, and that is so true. That is so true. A lot of times the child and I'm spe- uh, speaking on my own experience, we don't realize the value of that, uh, uh, that male figure in the house until we become an adult. And we have kids similar to ourselves. And then we say, wow, this is a tough task here. When they look at you and yeah. say, well, you're not my daddy. Wait a minute. I know I'm not, but I'm trying to do the things that a father do. And and that's why it takes a good helpmate to, uh, to come in and, and walk beside you on that, you know, to let the kids know, hey, no, he's not your dad, but you got to respect him like your dad. And, and I recall yeah. that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was the son of God, but he had an earthly father. And his earthly yes. father took care of him like he was his biological father. And if God thought enough of Joseph, Jesus' father, to give him charge over Joseph, surely stepfathers are good enough for you and me. Yes, yes, yes. And and also one of the things
4: I, I like to tell people, you always have to respect the person because of their position. You have to respect their position and if you put yourself in their shoes, they're doing a whole lot more than what you would do. So you have to understand the love that a step up father has, and if we can just bring that to light, especially in this day and time, because like i said being in being in the law enforcement is so many biological fathers that are abandoned their position, that are incarcerated, or sometimes even deceased. But exactly step-up father, God, God allows a step-up father to come in and really take that ministry, because in actuality, that's a ministry. That is a ministry in just being able to understand, you know what, even though this child may not like me, this child may not even respect, beg me right now but the thing is i'm gonna hang in there and it takes prayer it takes fasting, it takes really communicating with god and a lot of patience to be able to deal with the rough edges of a child and praying to god help us to help them become
1: an adult and one day be able to see that our work is not in vain Oh, that is so true. That is so – you said a mouthful. And I'm just about you said how they lost a position. Sometimes we gave our position away. You know, yeah. the devil don't always yeah. take stuff from him. We just give that to him here. I'm going to give you my respect. I'm going to give you my finances. I'm going to give you my family. But glory be to God that's men like you and women like you that's willing to wrong that right, to tell us about our mistake. You know, James 5 and 20 said, uh, uh, let them know the errors of their ways and save their soul from death and cover a multitude mm-hmm. of sins. And I like that, what you're doing. You know, you, yes. we can't undo the things that we've done, but we, but through the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, he covers those things, and he makes those yes. things right. You know, I think sometimes that's why God allowed us to have grandkids, because we messed this first set of kids up, but he gave us grandkids yes. to kind <laughs> of redo these things. Yes, yes,
4: yes. And, and I think a lot of times people don't understand the influence that a child has on a parent. Yes. So so a lot of times, even as a grandparent, if we can spend time and we can minister to our grandchildren, sometimes our grandchildren will expose a lot of things to their own parents, which are our children, to let them know, you know what, remember that teaching that mama and daddy gave you is still active, it's still valid, and it comes through our grandchildren to their parents,
1: our child. Hey, Amen. That's powerful. Let's, let's move on. Tell me something else about another chapter of the book here. Because we want our listening audience to know that this book is worth picking up. A Few Good Men, A path to Fatherhood. Not only for men, but for women also. Yes. Yes. Now, uh,
4: one chapter I speak about pertaining to uh, chapter 11. It talks about the heart of a man. A lot of times what I found out, men, they will acknowledge their mistakes but they won't acknowledge their hurt. And a lot of time a lot of men, not all, but there's a lot of men they really won't just share their heart. They they keep they keep their heart. They keep their emotions in a capsule and a lot of time they don't release it. They don't release it not just release it um through just getting out, but more important they don't give it to God. And that makes that person bitter. It makes them not be able to really trust. They don't trust not just pertaining to a young lady, not just pertaining to a family or friends, but even to God. And so, I really wanted to address pertaining to the heart of a man. Like I said, chapter eleven, and it talks about what a, what a, a man' heart desires. Uh, we, we need we need to start back dreaming. We need to start back, like I said, communicating with God and and know that you know what. No matter how difficult things have been, God can still do something. God can still heal. God can still help us, regardless of how long the hurt has been. He still can do things. And also, like like you said, the book is not just for men, but also it's for ladies. Uh, one of the things, uh, one of the chapters I brought in, uh, I wanted to make sure that the ladies know that this book is, also to help them to understand even their own absentee father and also it can help them to understand what type what, what kind of a what is a good man what is a good man a god man a lot of times some females some young ladies uh see what a man is based on what they see on tv or what they've heard but they never go to the bible to find out what God said, what a real man, what a good man
1: is. And so I wanted to make sure to bring those things to light. And that and that is so true. A lot of times we're looking at the man or a woman on the X tones. Hey, they look yeah. good. They have they, they they look like they have some money, but, you know, and I like the way they carry themselves, but that internal uh, person, they have no uh, aware of what's going on. They're still a child, and they're doing childish things. And as you were sharing that, I was thinking about um, one of my favorite portions of the Bible was David 34. It said, I will bless the Lord at all time." That's what a man's heart is all about. Through the good time yeah. and the bad time. when I don't have no yeah. money, when I have money, when my house is out acting crazy with my helpmate, I'm still gonna honor God and try to draw them back in line with, way, with what I'm doing. You know, you gotta have that spirit yeah. like Gerald, uh, like Joshua, for me and my house. We gonna bless the yeah. Lord, you know. And so that's what that's what yeah. a good man is. You know, uh, he set that standard. I'm glad you put that on paper. Because a lot of times people need to see this, eh? because there's so many men out there are thinking the same way that you are, and, and trying to navigate these rocky relationships and, and 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 these hilly and these valleys, and these hills and these valleys without any help, without any support, without any knowledge.
4: Yes, yeah, and you know one of the things I wanted to bring up, what a man really wants is respect. One, thing, one of the analogies i like to bring up, when you look at a human and a flower, that flower grows when a human speaks to that flower. That, that flower takes in our carbon dioxide. It breathes in our carbon dioxide, but it exhales oxygen. And that oxygen is what we inhale for survival, but we exhale carbon dioxide. So when we look at a human speaking to a flower and the flower exhaling what the human needs for survival, is reciprocated. So what that man needs for survival, what he needs to inhale is respect. But what he exhales is something that a woman needs, and that's love. When a man is respected, he inhales that and he exhales carbon dioxide, and that lady inhales love, but she exhales respect. So, like I said, that, that's what makes a healthy relationship. But unfortunately, a lot of times, there are a lot of people, male or female, don't know how to inhale or exhale, and that's why God wants us to be healed. God wants us to be whole so we can breathe in a healthy we can breathe and we can function. Our lungs can withstand what, what we inhale and also what we exhale. So men men need that respect and, God, and
1: women need that love. Hey man, hey man. We're gonna take a break here, and we're gonna uh, give out our number and contact number. And also, I would like for you to tell our listeners audience how to pick up this book here, and and how to uh, keep track of what what uh, what you up to there, because someone needs to uh, get some more information from you. You're listening to Free on the Inside, an internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you. I'm Minister Lewis, and we have our guest on the line this morning, Pastor Prater, and he wrote a fine book, A Few Good Men: A Path to Fatherhood. It's what we're talking. About about today i'm excited about this book i'm excited about the man to god and willing to uh make himself available to share what does says the law regarding fatherhood because as men we are challenged with this here this is a great challenge i i you know i'm married now but before that i dated other women that had that had kids and we all have at one time or another and sometimes it just wasn't a quite a uh, uh are quite the right fit. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was them. But now I have a guide to tell me about these things here. I don't have to go out there not knowing anything. So I challenge you men to pick up this book. It's a perfect guide to fatherhood. Now, Pastor, tell us how, how our listening audience can get this book. And if you have any speaking engagements available, share that with us. If not, we'll go on with another chapter of the book. The phone line is lit up. We have our co host on the line here. We're going to bring him in in a few minutes, but we want to get as much as out of you as possible. Yes. Um, they can contact me. My number is area code
4: 214-908-3056. And also I have a website available. It's bp. BP, the initials of Brother Prater, BP Outreach Ministries dot com. And I have a speaking Amen. engagement coming... Go ahead. I, I have a- I have a speaking engagement coming up February the 20th from 12 to 4. I'll be at the Southwest Center Mall in Dallas, Texas. And it also... October the 28th and 29th, on a Friday and Saturday, I'll be in Houston.
1: And I, I have my uh, upcoming events on my website. Amen. God bless you. I hope to be able to make it over. And as uh, we mentioned to you once before, for on your schedule that we do a men's conference here coming up here in March uh the early part of may and uh, we like to bring in men from all over dallas and we just talk about men issues so we pray that if you have time in your schedule you can come over there and share with our men you know from young and old the men that are are being displaced but yet had not been forgotten by god and we try to bring those men in and let them see that that what they're going through is is not uncommon to man we all suffer some type of brokenness but because of what Christ Jesus done, he allowed us to walk through that brokenness. I recall how Paul said he had a thorn in his side and he prayed several times. But that thorn didn't keep him from, from pursuing the things that God put to his hands to do. So I encourage men, regardless of the things that, that seem to be hindering us, don't ever lose sight of our heavenly father. Keep walking with your limp. Keep walking toward our yep. Savior. Keep walking toward the things that God has for you to do. Pastor, I thank you for what you're doing. You know, you you know you. Uh, you know, we have some ups and downs. You know, we you know, we done had problems, you know, all of us have, but yet you continually to do the thing that God put to your hands to do. And my hat goes off to you. Yeah, thank you. God bless. God it's only
4: through the grace of God. Yes. And and, and I, I just thank God go ahead. Go ahead. Uh I, I just thank God for the opportunity uh to be a vessel. But also one thing it, it helped me to understand no matter what you go through in life. It can, be, it can be a testimony and encourage others. And that's the main thing that God wants us to understand. No matter what you deal with, no matter what you go through, you're not defined by your circumstances or situation. But also that can help you to have a testimony, and also that it can become your ministry. What you deal with, that actually helps you to fulfill the
1: purpose that God has for you. If you hold on and
4: trust him for the outcome.
1: Hey, Amen. Well, you know what? That's confirmation because that's what I do. That's why I was programmed called Free on the Inside. I do jail missions. Sometimes the brothers are free inside of jail. I say, hey, brother, same freedom you here here in these cells. You got that same freedom outside. You have that freedom, yes. brother, but you got to get up under covering, man. That's the problem there. Yes. Man, we got to, we, you know, we the head of the house. I'm the leader, I'm the boss. But yet you you subject to a high calling. And so, uh, mm-hmm. and talk about that. Do you have that in your book, How Godly Men Are to Be God seeking Men? Let's talk yes. about that. Yes. First and foremost, we have to understand,
4: even when we evaluate our relationships with our spouse or even with our children, a lot of times it really exposes the relationship with the, that we have with our Heavenly Father. And if we can look at, you know what, I'm not getting respected by my child. I'm not getting respected by my son. But then when we evaluate the relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is letting us know, wow, that's how I'm treating my uh, spiritual father, and so when we can get back in line as children of God, then that helps us to receive that love, the respect that we deserve from our children, and also even one of the things I like to tell people, you know, especially especially uh, men, we have to look at, we have to. Forgive. We have to forgive our father. We have to forgive if it's our even stepfather. We have to learn to forgive because what you hate is oftentimes what you become. And it sets a pattern. There are so many generational curses that the devil has allowed or we have allowed in our family when it pertains to men being bitter towards their fathers. And God wants us to be free from that. But like I said, if we don't break that generational curse, we become the same, if not worse, than what
1: our fathers were. So we have to be able to forgive and give it to God. Amen. That's a powerful statement. Hey, we have a call on the line that just want to say hello to you, and we're going to bring in Mr. Bobby here, and he's going to just say hello to you in regarding your book. Good morning, Bobby. you on the net. Uh, good morning, and,
5: and good morning, Mr. Prater. And I just good morning. morning. How you doing, I'm good, sir? I'm doing great. Thank the Lord for another day to has spurred my life. So how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, doing awesome. And praise God. And I, and this is a good book, A Few Good Men, a path to godly fatherhood. And, and to, we're living in a day where there are not many men that are really willing to step up and be godly men. and. And, and truly, this this is a and a great inspiring book, and I hope that everybody buys one. And I just want to congratulate you and
4: wish wish you much much success. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. I received that, and also I'll be praying for you bless. all too.
5: Oh, God bless.
4: Thank you. God bless. You.
1: Yes, sir. You still there?
4: Yes, sir. I'm,
1: yes, sir. I'm still. yes, yes, sir, Bobby. I, I was in the Q room now. Now, Bobby, now, as you uh, uh, heard uh, Pastor Prater talking and you uh, know the title of the book, what that makes you think about your influence and your effects on the young men that which God has put to your hands, you know, to watch over?
5: Yes, I think that all the young men that I am around, most of them try to uh, – uh, pattern their lives to my life, they said, well, I, I want to be like you because there's not very uh, many men around like I am that are trying to be godly. But and, and and I just thank God that a lot of them are watching my life and, and want
1: to be like I am. Oh, that is so true. i tell you what, uh don't you just hold on here. We got Derek is on the line. He wants to say something to the pastor. And you just hold on, because okay. this is a great topic, man. This is what men supposed to be doing on a Saturday morning, man.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: yes. <laughs> good morning, are on the net. Hello, good morning. Good morning. You have a past on the good line morning. here, uh Pastor Prater uh wrote he's the author of a fine book here. You like to say hello to him?
0: Yes, sir, how you do Brother
1: Prater? I'm doing awesome. How about
0: yourself, sir? I'm doing excellent. I I I I'm I'm so happy and excited for you, uh, uh, thank God that I, I got a copy of the book, and I've read it, and I've enjoyed it. And uh, I've also enjoyed the interview thus far that you guys have had. But I did have a question. The book is awesome, but I know that there's a lot of young men that may be listening to this broadcast. And what came to mind as you guys were speaking on the book, you know, we live in this micro- microwave age where young people they date, or, whether they're in church or not in church, and they you know they may have children. And they they mingle, but they never get in really involved with the children while they were dating the potential spouse. So my question is, uh, once uh, you know marriage is taking place and you have children, what what would you say, or what what should a young man or young woman do if that mate starts to have a problem with the uh, the husband or the wife intervening? with say, let's say the discipline of the child as far as, it doesn't have to be physical, you know, or even in the guidance of the child. Sometimes you have these these spouses that they kinda don't allow that step parent or that step up parent as you put it in the book to really step in and be a guidance or or even to be able to be a corrector as far as correction. They kind of you know wean away from that because of the protection they still have over their child, so what would you say to uh you know a young man or young lady in a relationship like that where it's hard to intervene with that child?
4: The first thing I would say, by all means, fast and pray, ask God how to strategically deal with that because a lot of times that child behavior stems from their parents. And if we can, if we can fast break and speak to God pertaining to the timing, but also on the same token, even in love, still try to work on building that relationship, that rapport with that child, and not just trying to be, um, if you want, I don't want to say a dictator, but an authoritative figure, just when they're in the house and doing something bad, even just taking the time just to, if they're young, uh, if Visit them at school. Have lunch with them. Do things with them. Be active. Because a lot of time, it's a reflection on how that child feels on the inside. But also even pertaining to the parent, you know, your, your spouse, that may be kind of giving you a little problem or whatever like that or maybe going against you trying to discipline or correct or whatever like that. Really just communicate and let them know, you know, this is this is for the best of the child. And also, by all means even allowing the parent to see that father or that parent praying. I, I think that's one of the things that we don't do often. We don't allow our family, our children, to see us pray before God. And so that way, they'll see, you know, what this is not a selfish parent. This parent is listening to God. This parent is. Trust in God, because if they see us praying, then they realize that they're that we're seeking God's help, not our own help.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Now, Bobby, you're still on the line here. you have any thoughts regarding <laughs> that, what Derek just shared with us? Uh, oh, yes, but I used to uh,
5: know a young lady that, that had a daughter by another guy, but when it came time to discipline, they didn't want you to discipline the child. They say, and you're not the father, but last minister uh, Prater said, this is a time where you have to fast and pray that God will touch the heart of your companion and realize that what you are trying to do is, is for her good and, and, and the
1: child's good. hmm Mm-hmm. Amen, amen Hey, i like to uh, We've got our a, a co-host on the line here But before we uh, go over to him i just like to ask everyone that's on the line there uh, About their relationship with their stepfathers Because I had a stepfather And I was very resentful And just disobedient But once I know better, I could do better Am I the only one that ever experienced that? Hello? Yeah.
4: Um, I, I never had a stepfather, but uh, but I've had a
1: stepmother. Had a stepmother. Yeah. Okay. Now,
0: Derek.
1: Yes, sir. Now, have you ever experienced that? You know, you as a child growing up, you, I don't know if you had a stepfather now, but have you ever had the thing where you can understand where a kid could be resentful because you yourself might have been resentful to this man that was in your life that your mother would, was had as a mate? Well,
0: I, I never had uh a stepfather but Brother Prater uh was uh speaking on this a while ago. He, it really did make me go back to my, my previous my previous marriage and when I couldn't come in as the one to discipline or to correct and I had such a hard time with that, I what I did was I got more just more involved with him and his activities. So
1: Amen.
0: I, I really that really that really, Brought out something. I, I was glad to hear that. So that's So I never had a stepfather, but as far as being a stepfather, um, that gave me some some good tips for the. You know, I don't know what the future holds. Maybe the the my next marriage, she may have children, and that helped me out to you know to just to stay involved with them. You know, as far as you know, activities, school, or whatever, just to continue to build that relationship with that child. Yes,
1: hey, yes, man, I, amen. Amen.
4: And, and and I think know, also do,
1: go ahead, go ahead, Pastor.
4: I, I was just gonna say I and I, I think also especially being able to discuss things like this, it needs to be addressed immediately during courtship. As soon as right. possible. So that way you right. can make a decision if this is something that I wanna accept or not. But also yes, yes, even yes. how you begin, you have to be consistent at all times. That's for the mother and the father, or the self mother or the self father. <laughs> Being consistent because once you once you drop the ball and change what you've done in the beginning, then it's almost like your words or your efforts are, you know just kind of just blowing the wind. But if we if we can just make a decision and realize you know what, because a lot of times we already know what we're stepping into in the very beginning, and we we just can't look at or listen to. What a person is saying, because they may say one thing, oh, yeah, I ain't got no problem. With you discipline uh, my child, but yet and still, they may say that. But you have to ask God for that discerning spirit, because they may say one thing but believe in another.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and also,
4: even and also, even looking at, you have to look at their upbringing, how that, how that, uh, how their upbringing is, because a lot of time they raise, you know, people raise their children a lot of
1: time based on how they were raised. Oh, that is so true. Hey, uh, i tell you what, we got our co-host on the line here right now. We're going to bring him in, and he's going to say a few words regarding this topic. It's a great topic. Good morning, Brother Dan. You're on the net. Good morning, Reverend Lewis. How you doing? I'm I'm, I'm doing great. Now, look, just speak uh, up a little bit. We have our guest on the line this morning here. Oh, man, what a great topic we're having this morning, man. What a great book. Yeah, I'm sitting
3: there. I, I can relate to a lot of things uh, you men have been saying today because uh, I can remember when I've, you know, when I first got married, and my first married, I had a, a stepdaughter, and a, a boy, I can tell you some war stories, man, about trying to really be accepted in their lives, and they keep telling you, well, you know my dad, you know my dad, and I guess,
0: mm-hmm. you
3: know, you know, and no matter what I did in order to try to prove myself to, her, you know, I was never accepted. And basically, this went on all through them, through the through the marriage that uh, she was really searching and trying to find that that love that she didn't get it at first you know I tried to start a love but through the mother she wouldn't basically tell the daughter you know he's 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 all we have and 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 you have to accept that and later on you know when she grew up and you know, she came to me one day and she told me about well, I'm sorry for what I did, you know, and, and it takes time for, for, for people to get healed. Basically, yeah. what, we, what you're saying, they have to be healed from all this hurt that's inside them, their minds and their bodies and their spirit, yeah. you know, your spiritual mm-hmm. hurt, because that's something left out of your life that you were designed to have, but it wasn't there when you needed them. And basically, like yeah. you say, it's like a, a going on to one generation to another. It's passed on. It's passed even through the men, too. The same thing. Mm-hmm. So basically, I, uh, Brother Pastor Powell, you, you brought a, a real, real fiery book that I, I suggest <laughs> everybody should read. Well, thank you. God bless you.
1: Again, how can we pick up that book for the ones that came in late? Uh, they can either give me a call
4: at 214 Nine zero eight three zero five six, or on my website www.bpoutreachministries.com
1: dot bp outreach ministries dot com. man God bless you. Now, Pastor. Now. Uh... We want to talk about another uh, couple of chapters of your book. We don't want to get a whole thing away because we want people to buy the book. But you have some pictures mm-hmm. in the book that that kind of blow me away. Can you speak on those things and then we'll go into another chapter that of uh, your choosing that we can discuss this morning? Okay. Uh, the beginning chapters are uh, the pictures of my
4: father and I. My father to me was Superman. Uh, he, he was able to really just take our time to really – Love on the children. Um, he communicated a lot. He didn't whoop us. He didn't physically whoop us a whole lot. But when he spoke, it was worse than the whooping. And he really he 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 really spoke to. Now you know uh, it, it it might be reversed in some homes, but but my dad really just spent time. Even the only we sometimes the only time we would get a chance to really just sit down and uh, be with him is on Sundays out the church when he watching. You know the West and the uh, Rawhide and big the Big Bonanza and all that stuff, uh, the Big Valley. Um, but you know showing showing the pictures of my father now and, and then later on in the book I showed the pictures of my son and I. I'm a father of a ten year old, so I wanted to make sure to speak on the book pertaining to a son looking through the eyes of his father, but also as a father looking through the eyes of his
1: son. So I want to make sure to cover all aspects. Hey Amen. I thought about that. You know, you put a smile on your face, you say he, t- he spoke with authority. And that means that he was just kind of like, when he said something, he meant it. He didn't have to be physical, he didn't have to be uh, cruel about it, but he just spoke that you said, okay, I got to do this. And that's the way I am yeah. towards my mother and my father now. You know, uh, myself, it took me a while, but I respect him, but I listen to him. But, I, you know, but I understand what you're saying. So that's what our young kids, are like, I said no respect. I don't care what you say. I don't care how you say it. I'm going to do it wrong. And that's the thing that we have to gain back as being the head of the house. And now, uh, uh, on those books there, you know, on those pictures, they brought back memories about my childhood and, and spending time with my dad. I remember my first baseball glove. I love baseball. My dad bought me a baseball glove, you know. He didn't get to come to very many games, but with that glove, man, I was able to be successful. I ain't up playing in an All-Star game because of that glove, man. I said, wow, my dad bought me this. So I'm going to do the best I can. We never know what we do in the life of a young man. That accelerate. Yes. They excel him to the next level. Yes. yes. Also, right. like my my father used to give
4: us an al- give me an allowance of about five dollars a week, and five dollars a week that was my allowance. But I always wanted to be a musician. I Always wanted to play the drums. So what I would do with my allowance, I would get my five dollars and give it to my cousins at church so I could play the drums.
0: And my dad <laughs> found out. My dad
4: <laughs> found out. And you know what he did? He didn't stop giving me my. Uh, allowance, what he did, he gave me $5 for my allowance and another $5 for me to give to my cousin so I
1: can play. Hey, and, yeah, That's alright. That, i that, want to ask how really audience uh, right now. Uh, uh, anybody that's on the line here, you'd like to share something that they dad may have done to them that allowed them to be the man that they are today. the
0: day. I, I would just like to say uh, my dad, I, I mean, my dad had, he, he passed away when I was 20, so I did, I did, I was able to Yet he was able to just really, really impart in those years. He wasn't the most educated man, but I tell you what, I, I know that a young man and the family itself gets that identity from the father. And the one thing about my father is that that man believed in work and church. He believed in God, saved man, preacher, but he believed in going to work. And so what I'm trying to say is the fact that he may not have been a, a very educated man, I had enough sense at young age to understand the reason I got clothes on my back, the reason I'm able to eat every day is because this man gets up, rain, sleet or snow, and goes to work and brings home the bacon. So one thing I've always put in the forefront is that no matter what, I'm not going to be a lazy man. I'm going to work. I'm going to provide. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's the main thing that my father embedded. Whatever you do, if you
1: decide to marry, you make sure you're able to provide for your family. So that's the main <laughs> thing. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. So, so, you know, my dad, when I first started driving, I'm talking about my stepdad there at St. Kanye Line with him. And he told me, so, sir, I'm going to help you with this car, I'm going to show you things, but you got to learn to do this for yourself. <laughs> so he taught me how to change the tie. So I learned how to change time. He said, "You drive, you got to keep gas." So even today, I still mm-hmm. keep gas in my car. You very <laughs> self said I need gas to go to work." Now that say do work. Mm-hmm. Dan didn't play that. You know? <laughs> hey, do we have anybody else on here? If we talk about fatherhood, yes, do we have anybody is, else that's, here? But, uh,
5: well, that's what? Minister Bob. I'm 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 enjoying what I'm I'm listening to, and. and Ought to be a father and ought to be married, you got to first sit down and count up the cost. If you don't have yeah. no job,
1: if you don't have
5: a job, how do you expect your marriage to be successful? Because
1: oh, your wife come and your on
5: children, now. you got to eat. you got to provide you for, your for your family. Food. And, and I, I know some
1: uh, friends
5: of mine, that they married girls, and soon as they married the girl, they quit working were laying at home on their cows to watch their soap operas
1: while their wife was out of working, and, and the marriage didn't last. So you got to be a provider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. That's so. I'm glad you said that. Now, brother Daniel, yeah, could you share some How things that allowed you, allowed uh, the, the same some things that your daddy done to you that that last a lifetime? Some things that he lays a standard because we're talking about the really? uh, fatherhoods.
3: Well, the the mm-hmm. most important thing, my father and you 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 knew my dad, in fact you 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 helped me do something that I couldn't do one day, you know, and I really respect you for doing it for me, my Reverend Lewis, you know. But um uh, my dad taught me the senses. the most thing is going to work. Like the other, mm-hmm. the other person said, Going to work, my dad went to work Every day of his life, he never missed Mm -hmm. a day. He was timely. He was prompt. He got up every day at the same Mm -hmm. time. I sometimes, before I go to school in the morning, I would see (laughs) this this light in this other room. Come on, (laughs) 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 my dad go to work. (laughs) Every day, yes. And for him to be off one day, he had to really be sick. And when he was sick, he still went to work.
1: Amen. And, and, Amen. You know, and those he, was men sick that's he, what
3: he did back to in work. the day. Yeah. So I couldn't say he was, laziness wasn't a part of him. He was installed through his fathers because mostly his, his parents and his uncles, they were farmers. You know, most black men in back in the 40s and, the, you know, early 30s and stuff like that, the only life thing they did in life was really they worked on the farm.
2: So yeah. mostly you were
3: yeah. what your dad was. If your dad was a farmer, mm-hmm. you were a farmer. If your yeah. dad was a carpenter, most of the time he trained you to be a carpenter, or whatever trade mm-hmm. he had, he passed on to his son. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I, I now with this generational uh, default, most of you, are, you don't have anything your father passed on to you. You saying but who wants to be a drug pusher? You know, That's right. Who wants to be a, 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 a street person? You know, you pass mm-hmm. these bad traits on to your father, to your kids. You know, we, we have to find a way to break this cycle.
1: Mm-hmm. Basically
3: what I'm saying, this cycle has to be broken and go
1: back yeah. to the way things used to be. <clears throat> That's so true. That's so true. That's what the author of our, uh, our book here is talking about. Uh, Brother Daniel, hold that thought. There, we got someone else to come on, and then we're gonna let our guests wrap it up for the last ten minutes of this program. Amen. Good yes. morning, Rev. Mitchell. You on the net? We have hey, our guest on you? the line, hey.
2: Pastor Prater. Great. Yes, I've been listening. I've been listening, and uh, that's that's one of the things that we've got to get back to as as men on the face of this earth as instilling these type of values in our youth. Uh, I can go back to my dad. My dad was a hard worker. In fact, he was a railroad man. So he laid those tracks. We basically originated out of New York City, even though I wasn't born. But that's how we made it to Texas, is that he was laying tracks. And those railroad workers, mm-hmm. man, they worked long hours. Trust me, mm-hmm. man, they were hard workers. My daddy could thump you and mm-hmm. almost knock you out. You know, <laughs> so I can, I can. I'm saying his hands, his hands, his knuckles had been bursting so many times from you know working on that railroad on you know, those tracks until it was awesome. His strength, man, his power was a, on another level. And uh, oh man, he one thing he done, I'll just cut it real short. Uh, my mom was very educated. He wasn't, but he was a man. He was a man and he understood he was a deacon in the church and one of the things he kept us in was Sunday school. Yes, sir. He said you can tell the size you can tell the church by the size of the Sunday school. And that's where we broke <laughs> down in the mentorship of our kids. We got away from the Sunday school. We got big yes. churches, big choirs, yes. but the Sunday mm-hmm. school fell down. And those yes. men back then were really, really, really uh uh on on, on getting the kids to Sunday school. And that's one of the things the Lord has instilled into me uh, with the mentorship of the National Pool Players Association and mentoring kids. But we're going to go to work back on getting kids back to Sunday school. My dad used to say, you may not be able to go to college, but Sunday school is free, son. And that's where his wisdom and his knowledge was. And believe it or not, Mm -hmm. I've been successful all through life because of my Sunday school education. Yeah, yeah. My Sunday school education is what made me stand out with other men because I'm operating in the fruits of the spirit against such thing there is no law. And he yeah. he was very apt on the color situation. You know, he said, "Bob, just be a man. That's it. Don't yeah. worry about no color. Just be a man." And in oh, no, our town, old. and and in our town uh, where he came up, he walked with the sheriffs of the town.
1: Yeah, to be,
2: he 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 believed in righteousness. He didn't believe yeah. in uh, uh, favor here and favor there. He believed in being a righteous man, and everybody had to respect that in the town. And, and I really grew up, you know, with the, uh, we came up, we good. I didn't have any sisters, okay? So my dad was real strong, and we were the only family that stayed married in Mount Pleasant, Texas. Our family never did divorce. I can look back, and everybody else had to go through a divorce, but we held together all the way through the, to the end. But I didn't have any sisters. I had I had five I had five brothers, and one of the things that caught us that took us away from the peaceful shore, if you hear me well, <laughs> we were we got into sports, man, and we got a little popular in the town, and the finest finest school had just become academic, you know. So we got away from it, but that's why they said raise a child up, and when he is old, you know, he'll come back. To it. So hey, man. The, thing that, the thing that my dad really done, he instilled Sunday school in us, man, very well. And and the work ethics, yeah. When we left home, he bought us one thing when we finished high school, and it was some Samsonite luggage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, Pastor. Pastor, <laughs> i tell you what, we need to uh, cut think, it off right I'm there. Well, I'm, I'm bringing our guests <laughs> in. And, and hold on, hold on, because I want y'all to get as much information out of our guests and get some contact numbers, because I think it's more for us to talk about. I think it's I think we can yeah. do this here on a regular basis because men need to come together and talk about manly issues. Now, Pastor, we got a yeah. few minutes before we let you go. Uh share with us some other things that God has laid on your heart during this here setting here. Doing this well, setting. You hear uh, the men's. you hear we all have the same thing going on. So what is your take on what you just heard today? Well
4: well one of the things, um especially we talking about planning getting married and everything, one of the things that I realized in even in the you know, we look at it in the Bible. In Genesis, Adam was working. And as Adam was working, God said, it's not good for this man to be alone. And yeah. so that's the key thing. Because he was working, he God saw that he was not, it was not good for him to be alone. But a lot of times when we can realize that this man, not only if he's not working or he has no work ambition or working trait, then it is good for him to be alone. So we have yeah, right. to realize, you know, for a young lady, you got to look at, you know, if he had no work ethic, then it's good for him to be alone. But also, yes. also as far as us as men, we have to realize our spiritual position. It's the man's yes. responsibility, not the mother' responsibility, to bring the children to church. No, it's the man's responsibility
0: yes. to bring
4: the bring the family to church. One of the I always say, when I get ready to release an inmate. I say, all right, say, fellas, y'all be safe, but remember, do not send your family to church. Take them. It's our responsibility (laughs) to take the lead role because if God, see, we are in a position, we are the spiritual authority in the home. We are the door, and if the fathers are dormant, if the fathers are not doing their their responsible job, it allows the devil to come in and wreak havoc on our family and God would not, allow, would not allow anything to happen to the body without first forewarning the head. And and, and also one thing I always always uh, challenge to me I always ask them I said, look, I said if your daughter was at the age to get married and she married a man just like you, would you be happy with the choice that she made?
1: Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We, we, oh, that's we, we got we that's gotta power. look at it like that we yeah, got to yeah, look at yeah, it now, like that because, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, now, we're getting ready to get on out of here now. Uh, again, give us some contact information about your book, and also uh, I want you to just share with us, uh, you sent me a YouTube clip and said that you are the cure. I like that. I like that because we, we don't realize the things that we could do in the life of a young person. You know, my theme is to help change the life and say you are the cure. And yeah. so share with us yeah. how you get in touch with you in the book and then speak us on your YouTube video. Yes, um, you can get on my website at
4: www.bpoutreachministries.com or you can personally contact me at 214 809 3056. I am also on YouTube under Brother Prater, brother spelled out like brother and sister, Brother Prater, Piers and Paul, R.A. P.S. and Tom E.R. I'm on YouTube and also I'm on Facebook. Brother
1: Prater. Amen. Now as we get ready to get on out here, we only got a few more minutes. Now you had a clip that you sent me saying you are the cure. Give us an insight on that, right quick, and then we'll let you close us out in the word of prayer to encourage us to be strong in the Lord. Yes, I say we are the cure because when we look at, we have to look at
4: where our power comes from, what God has given us the power, the authority, and it's mm-hmm. through our words. Our words our words should correspond with what we believe and what we think. What we think, what we believe, our work ethic. Does what we do line up with what we think. And we have to be mm-hmm. consistent. We have to be we have to be men and ladies of consistency. And a lot of times we may we may do one thing, but we say another, and God wants us to start lining up what He, what we say, with what He says, and if we can if we can start doing that. Then it helps our home. It helps ourselves. But when we get to a situation, a lot of times we, well, I don't know what I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. No believer, no Christian should ever say I don't know what I'm gonna do when God has already provided the answer if we seek Him.
1: Amen, yeah. amen, amen, amen. Yeah. Uh, uh, since we have you online, Reverend Mitchell, you are uh, uh, the president of the uh, Christian Pool Players Association. Give us some information regarding that because we want men to be involved in every aspect of what God has for us to do.
2: Right, right. The uh, Christian Pool Players Association is actually uh, uh, witnessing about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we're actually forming a uh, Christian pool players youth league. That's then that, again, we will be able to mentor and give that fathership and introduce them into Sunday school. And as he was talking about a few minutes ago, uh, get them to where we're taking them to Sunday, Get the kids to taking them to Sunday school. But. uh the uh, Christian Pool Players Association. Since I talked to you last, we've made leaps and bounds. Uh, we've actually now become a part of the FCA, uh, which is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So God has opened up a window and poured out a blessing larger than we can actually overcome, that we can actually handle right now. But you can reach me at nine seven two eight three six five four zero seven, and we do have you just type in on the, on Google Christian Pool Players Association, and our website will come up. But we are so excited about being able to uh, understand pool, translate it to the Word of God, because the, as we said here now, it's from the pool from the Poo table to the baptizing pool. Comes up yeah, with us, is. you know. And, <laughs> and it's, a way, it's a way to talk to these kids. And I'll get with Brother Prater uh, on, on here because you know, showing how a man's supposed to be in a family is the thing that we've got to be able to demonstrate. So I will be get a chance to read his book.
1: Amen, amen, brother. Pray thank you very much for being a guest on the program. you really uh, stirred us up this morning. The phone line is lit up. We're unable to get to all our uh, callers this morning, but you gave us enough information to hold us over until next time. And we would like you to be a guest on our program at a later date. And so, please, uh, uh, you know, uh, be a bit, uh, aware that I'm going to call you again because there's some good stuff here, and we're looking forward for you coming out to one of our man settings. And, and share with us what does says the Lord We have our guest on the line, Brother Daniel We're trying to bring him in, but he's unavailable right now So, Pastor, will you close us out With a, a, a word of prayer And maybe some encouraging words And we'll be dismissed from this setting Yes, yes Then Heavenly Father, be come to you right
4: now, God Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness, God God, be come to you right now, God First of all, I ask you, Lord, to forgive us, God Because anything we said on the daughter felt that was unlike you, God And God, we ask you, Lord Not only to forgive us, God, but, Lord, we apologize Mm -hmm. on behalf of all Mm -hmm. men. God, we apologize the way that we Mm -hmm. have treated our families. We have treated Mm -hmm. women. We have disrespected Mm -hmm. our own self. We have dishonored you, God. God, we Mm -hmm. ask, Lord, to forgive us, God, cleanse us, God, from any and everything Mm -hmm. that's unlike you, God. And, God, we speaking, God, that you give the people, God, the desire, God, to repent before you, God, to accept you as Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and not just only be saved, but be filled with your Holy Ghost, God. And we thank you, Lord, for the change, God. We thank you, Lord, for reconciliation right now, God. We thank you, God, for purpose, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done right now, God, everything you're going to do. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's coming from this uh, meeting on today, God We thank you, all for everything that you've done, God And we anticipate a, a great move, God For the up of your kingdom And glory and honor, God In Jesus' name we pray We say amen amen amen.
2: amen, amen, amen Amen God bless you You have been listening to
1: Free on the Inside Looking forward to you being with us next week For another great guest, another great topic Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might Amen and hallelujah
5: Amen. Amen Amen, amen.